Welcome to the You Lead Podcast, brought to you by the Council for School Leadership of the Alberta Teachers Association. All right, Brandon Farbstein, thank you so much for joining me today to talk a little bit about our upcoming conference, You Lead. How are you today? Hey, Corey, I'm doing awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it is really great to catch up. We are getting really excited about You Lead, which is coming up fast and furious, and really excited to talk to you and introduce you to uh, to our delegates. And so, why don't we start there, Brandon? Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, tell not only me but uh, the other people coming um, uh, who you are and uh, some things, some aspects about you, and when and why you might be coming uh, to 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 keynote at our our conference in. For sure. I would love to share a little bit about my story. So as Corey mentioned, my name is Brandon Farbstein. I am 24 years old and currently live in Los Angeles, California. You probably won't be able to tell this on camera right now, especially depending on the size of the screen that you're viewing this on, but I am three foot nine. I don't know exactly how that converts to meters. We'll have to put that on the screen, but that basically means I'm the size of the average seven or eight-year-old. And this is the size that I'm going to be for the rest of my life. And that's because I was born with a very rare form of dwarfism called metatrophic dysplasia. And it's so rare, in fact, there are only 84 reported cases ever in medical history, not just people living right now, but ever. So for me, that has meant a life of uncertainty, not really knowing what the next phase or chapter would bring. And also that very much translated into a very rough childhood and having to not only find myself, but really find the resources and support that I desperately needed, especially as a kid, to get through some of my toughest adversities. And I will talk a lot about that, not only what I had to go through, but how I was able to get out of that as well. And really, it was that process of going through therapy, going through counseling, where I had to address a lot of the things that were constantly occurring in my life. And I realized that I couldn't control anything or anyone around me. I really only could choose my response or the thoughts that I had inside my head. Obviously, a lot easier said than done. But for me, especially as a teenager, that changed my life, especially knowing that I had this kind of weight of the world, the adversity that I had to face living in a world that wasn't really built for somebody like myself and very much so needing to navigate that. And so that allowed me to really find my voice and find what I feel like my mission ultimately is, which you will hopefully see live on stage. And that was in the way of giving a TED talk at 15 years old for the very first time. I shared my story and I put myself out there and I discovered the power of using your voice, but more so the power of authenticity, showing up as yourself and how much that rubs off on people. And it showed me this purpose that I didn't even know I had. And I've been following that ever since as a motivational speaker, 
author and influencer. And I'm just so grateful to have this platform where I'm able to share a lens on what it is to be different and hopefully shift the way that people see themselves and those around them too. And I'm hoping that's exactly what my talk will be at you lead. Yeah. It is an incredible story. And I'm so glad that you're sharing that. Uh, one of the things that I, I, I have of our questions I have is, you know, when you're sharing your story, particularly to teachers or perhaps to educational leaders, what do you think some of the the main points with your experience with schools that you think is important for teachers and for school leaders to know and to hear? I have found myself in front of so many different, whether it's educators or superintendents, people that are truly in charge of the community that they that are reliant on them. And the through line that I have found is that we're putting so much emphasis on everyone else, our colleagues, our stakeholders, our educators. But what about that emphasis on ourselves first and foremost? Because that's often forgot in all of the chaos, all of the to-dos that are on your list on a daily basis. But what about, in my opinion, the number one thing that kind of sets the foundation to that, which is having empathy for yourself. And not only did I have to discover that on a, a very visceral level, because I truly had the worst self-image, I had no confidence, the, the talk that was inside of my head was very detrimental, very negative. I had to realize that it starts with me. And if I'm not showing up for myself first and foremost, how am I supposed to tell everyone around me, go be the best version of yourself? Go have all these uh, goals of, of being this optimistic person, of staying motivated all the time, whatever that is, but not recognizing that if we are neglecting our own mental health, our own truly self-care on any level, then we cannot be the leader that we are supposed to be. And we can't yeah. be the person that we're supposed to be. So that's a message that I think sets the, the foundation. But it's also my experience of being very severely cyberbullied and having absolutely no support from my own administration when I was in high school. And it got to the point where I started receiving death threats from my peers almost on a weekly basis. And it truly was the most toxic environment, as you can imagine, especially not knowing where these messages, where these threats were coming from. It was all anonymous. It was all on my phone. And so there was no tracking. There was no, the police also refused to get involved. But I really think that experience allowed me to recognize that empathy component as well, because if my peers had an understanding of the power that their words and actions had before pressing send or post or tweet, then I bet it would have stopped a lot of it. 
not necessarily saying that's going to put a blanket over hate or negativity or bullying or, you know, any of these universal things that unfortunately will always be a factor. But genuinely, it's empathy that is the key to human connection and the key to genuinely becoming the version of us that we are meant to be in this world. Absolutely. You've talked a lot about maybe some outcomes or some messages that you that you'd like the um, participants to go. But maybe um, when you're thinking about what you really hope uh, educators leave uh, with your keynote with when 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 it's all said and done and they return to their schools, what do you think some of the lasting impacts will be from from your keynote? One of the messages that I really hope all the attendees get is recognizing that no matter who the person is with what they're coming to the table with in terms of the label, the life experience, the condition, any of those things, they are a human being first. And I also recognize that sometimes it takes somebody that is different from you to share their life experience, again, to give you a lens that may be a little different than yours to see the world differently, but also to see yourself in a new light as well. And I think that's going to really change the game with how they are interacting with their communities. Again, whether it's the students, the educators, the people that rely on them on a daily basis, I think that's going to change how we show up for ourselves as well. Because if we, again, are neglecting that component of self-care, of being there for ourselves, then it's going to be really tough to, to do that for other people. So I'm very, very optimistic that there are going to be a lot of tools and takeaways that are tangible, where you're not just going to feel something, you're going to be able to do something as well. Amazing. Thank you again so much, Brandon, for taking a little bit of time. Uh, before we get to you, Lead, I'm so looking forward to meeting you in person in Banff and, and just really looking forward to, to engaging with you. And I, I, I've heard that you're going to be around for most of the conference as well. So that's amazing. I'm looking forward to, to seeing what you have to say about uh, but all the other different activities and speakers as well. So thank you again so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Corey. Can't wait to meet you all.